Support for Waveform comes from Visible. With Visible, you get a one-time plan with unlimited 5G data on Verizon's network for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sounds pretty good. So why isn't Visible for everyone? Well, Visible doesn't do stores. So you can manage your plan, chat to customer service, update your eSIM, all in their app, and they don't bundle their plans with extra stuff that costs you extra money. So if you don't want a wireless plan that focuses on the wireless part, by all means, do not switch today at Visible.com. Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees, we're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. What is going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. This week, we've got a bit of a variety pack, a grab bag, if you will, but it's some fun stuff. So first, got to talk about a new cheap EV that looks like a pretty promising competitor. Also, a tech company that a lot of us know and love. We're going to say goodbye to. Um, also, we're going to talk a little about social media and how things are happening with Reddit and Twitch, and these two companies just can't stop making the right choice over and over again. So <laughs> we're going to talk about how great they've been lately. Controversial. Yeah. And then uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff. But first of all, let's talk about this Volvo EX30. Kind of just popped up out of nowhere. I wasn't really expecting it. Yeah, Miles just posted it in autofo- in our like one of our Slack channels. Slack, yeah. And I was like... I didn't think of it, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, does that say 35k?" Yeah, oh. I was like, "Oh, word, Volvo, cool." Because uh, so yeah. Volvo, for those of you who don't know, owns the Polestar brand. So whenever we see a new Polestar, that's sort of part of Volvo Group. This is a common thing with car companies. Uh, so I didn't expect because Volvos are typically pretty high end. I didn't expect a new electric Volvo to be inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the headline reads, $35,000 Volvo EX30 is a high-tech sophisticated EV for urban drivers. It's not out yet, but if you see the pictures and the the sort of spec as it's revealed, uh, for those who don't know, the EX30 is like a small crossover from Volvo. Yeah. It's not as big as the XC40 or the XE. 50 or the bigger versions that they have it's pretty small i looked up what i think are the dimensions and it's like just a bit smaller than like a subaru crosstrek if you know what that is which mm. is pretty much just a hatchback impreza lifted so we like, need a bunch of small. other we need a bunch of car brand equivalents because th- all the subaru people are nodding like ah yes of course i get it Dude, but the, i'm like the crosstrek is probably like one of the most popular crossovers like mm-hmm. in the u.s really? it is stupidly popular yeah, okay really i'll throw it. in i'll throw in kia ev6 and i'll throw in Genesis GV60 yeah, uh, as like that. similar sized things. I can't confirm because I don't know the exact measurements of that, but I looked model up the cross-check y. measurements. I think it's smaller small than a model, model y. A small it's, model Y. It's small. It is a small yeah. SUV. But it's still higher off the ground, you know, than a car. They're saying 275 miles of range on the single motor variant, uh, about $35,000 starting price. That's crazy. Zero to 60 in three and a half seconds. Oh, that's a dual motor. So they're going to also make a dual motor version of this. That's a little more peppy and a little less range. Barely though, 265 miles versus 275. Like that's not close. a bad trade-off. I couldn't yeah. figure out what the price on that was. Because when you go to their site and click reserve, uh-huh. rather than picking one, it just shows two drop downs. And it, for whatever reason, it wasn't letting me choose one i can only assume the dual motor mm-hmm. is going to be a little more expensive yeah what would we guess like 40 it might be there i just missed it i it's making me pick a dealership and yeah then i picked the dealership and then i went to that and then it like 
Let's go Englewood. Then okay. I was just clicking on two different ones. And so single motor extended range, I see $35,000 MSRP. So I don't know exactly what the price of the all-wheel drive version is. Um, the weird thing is that there's two drop-downs that just show the like, details. their specs, but you can't down. pick the one you want, yeah. and it just continues to say $35,000. Yeah, which is, I mean, common. You typically get EV manufacturers touting their starting yeah. price, and then you option your way up to something else, but it's cool to see something starting at yeah. 30-something thousand dollars. And this says the single, the rear-wheel drive version is 0 to 60 and 5.1. Yeah, cool. So it's yeah. still great for, an, I mean, still Great for a $35,000 car. I won't say great yeah. for an electric car, but like it's going to be way peppier than any $35,000 car. Yeah, you're it's a good baseline. Yeah. I also yeah. really like Volvos in general. Like I, yeah. I really like Polestars, and I think, I mean, Volvos obviously have like a very similar design aesthetic. Yeah. These look fantastic. Yeah. I've loved the Volvo SUVs that are coming out, and this mm -hmm. looks just like that, just smaller, like the really cool kind of like sideways T headlights that... Uh, like come into the front of the car. They have the completely flat grill, which is the Volvo logo and like a diagonal pattern. Yep. It's a good looking car. Do we know if it uses Android Auto or... Um, if I was guessing, player? because I can't see in the spec, I, I would guess yes. It looks like it Auto has Motor. Android Auto or Android Automotive yeah. uh, in the photos, but when I search Android, nothing comes up. When we had the XC40 Recharge, which is another electric Volvo SUV, they were very happy to point out all the Android Automotive stuff, mm -hmm. and that seems to be the thing that they're going with with yeah. Volvo's stuff. Yeah, so. Polestar also uses Android and Polestar. Automotive, even yeah. though they're also adopting CarPlay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Apparently, they're also releasing a cross-country version of this in 2024, which says it's uh, geared towards outdoor adventures with more ground clearance, skid plates on the front and rear and the side, and back panels on the bumper. The small hood-mounted Swedish flag is the cherry on top. Oh. And it looks like it just has like... Hood-mounted Swedish flag. It's cool. It looks like it has way bigger wheels. I think um, people who just curb their wheels all the time should get this one instead. This is <laughs> just drive it like normal. So, this is kind of interesting. Like Subaru is also like doing Subaru. this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. making the wilderness version of the Outback and the Forester, which uh -huh. does all this, gives you worse gas mileage because like your bigger wheels, you have like a heavier skid. I was gonna say, I think I'd rather have this than a Subaru. Did you take it, it out? It depends on like, on like how far you're going, I guess, because it's yeah. still 270 miles of range versus a full gas tank. Well, it's the Solterra range. Oh, Subaru EV, yeah, yeah, a thousand times over. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about like, but like, I see I all these people Subaru. driving the wilderness on the road all the time, and like, trust me, I wanted it. Like, every bone in my body was like, that looks sick. Yeah, I like to go outside once in a while, and that would look cool. But like, it's mostly commuting on 78, and then yeah. I'm just getting worse gas mileage out of it. That's yeah. true. So that's that's good to know. Good to see. I also have you guys seen the Prius uh, reviews like blowing up? <laughs> yeah, we I kind of it. predicted I knew this. It would, dude. Because like the I I, I made would. a review for those who don't know I. We were talking about how sick the new Prius kind of looks, and we we're like, "Is it sick? Like, is it actually a kind of a nice car now?" And so we got it and we reviewed it, uh, and it is confirmed a pretty fun car. And so I ended up making the video talking about how it's a hybrid, but it's a nice like stopgap in between. Because a lot of people, believe it or not, are just not ready for an EV yet. There's a lot of places where the infrastructure doesn't make sense yet. But if you have a short-ish commute, you can use the Prius Prime which is a plug-in hybrid, as an EV, and a backup gas tank. Just has a little backup gas tank. So it's a nice-looking Prius. Backup gas Just tank. a little backup 400 miles of range on, on gas. <laughs> uh, but it has solar panels on the roof as yeah. an option, which we're gaining in as Eight sunny. Eight miles a day. Four miles a day. Four miles a day. Adding four miles a day to your range, which oh is... 
something. better than trickling away your range. You know, you'll That's never true. you'll never have a dead battery if you leave it in the sun. That's true. Uh, what if so? you don't drive it for like three days? Does you that mean you 12 get twelve miles? miles? Yeah. In if it's a sunny day and you leave it in a place <laughs> that gets sun all day. Yes. What's the maximum like capacity? About forty to forty-five miles of electrical. That's not bad because I only live like eleven miles away from here. So you could you could conceivably uh, use it yeah. as a fully electric car. Yeah, eleven miles of driving, like yeah. actual driving. Yeah, you could you could actually leave Although it. Although if I only get four miles a day, then it's like. But if you well, so let's say you start with forty-four, yeah, you don't drive it on the weekend. So you start with forty-four miles of range. You drive to work. You end up, let's say, with thirty. You drive back, you end up with 10. I'm being conservative. Mm-hmm. Then you, it was in the sun all day, so maybe you actually end up with 15. Yeah. And then you have to plug it in. So you will have to plug it in, oh, but you, in. you can use it as a full EV and never yeah. use the gas. If I had anywhere to plug it in, I would do that, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, go on a road trip one day, you just use it as a gas car. Yeah. I so, like what yeah. Toyota's doing with their Prime, because like the Prime line seems to be just their like better plug-in hybrids because they have a RAV4 Prime that's similar. It's like about 40 miles of range on a battery that also has gas. So I believe the Prime specifically means plug-in hybrid yeah, and then so. they have like regular hybrids that are not Yeah, they have a ton, they have a hybrid of like every single car they make and yeah. then they have the plug-in hybrid of I think only the Prius and the RAV4. Okay. I wanted the RAV4 Prime very badly um, but when I was buying my car the only ones I could find were like 60K and at that point that's the price of a full EV. Yeah, that's always the X factor is like anytime you talk about the price of a car you always have to go, but can you get it for that price? Yeah. Is there like a mm-hmm. huge dealer markup right now? It's yeah. probably not as bad now. I still think the RAV4 Prime is awesome. I wish they would just make an EV of it. Toyota, come on. You're doing great with these things, but like, come on, step it up. Mm-hmm. EV stuff more. All right. One one quick little news article here that kind of isn't even really news, but but Blue, the company everyone knows and loves from like the Blue Yeti, the Blue Snowball. If you have ever created content, yeah. you probably owned one of these. If you created point. content like six to seven years True. ago, yeah. it was like the cheapest, best microphones that you could get. This is a fun fact. Level. A long time ago, I used to be really into like series and like playlists of videos. And I started a series called like YouTube Gear where I was going to review specifically gear that I thought was great for YouTube. And I probably only did like two or three of these before I stopped. But I'm pretty sure the first one I ever made was reviewing the blue Yeti, snowball. Yeti or Snowball. I think it was a Snowball because I was use it, that mic a lot. Oh, it was a circular both? one. Okay, this yeah. is a Snowball, yeah. Yeah, and that thing was, it was like 99 bucks and it was just mm-hmm. a great plug and play USB mic that yeah. you could recommend to anyone. Gaming, streaming, screen recording, anything you need a mic for that can be on camera right in front of you, that was iconic. If you've like tried to start streaming, you probably owned a Snowball or a Yeti. Um, And so Blue, the company, is going away, but that's just because Logitech bought them a while ago and Logitech wants to integrate it into their Logitech G brand which is like their gaming specific brand. Um, Wow, the Blue Snowball's only $40 now. now. That's crazy. Still a great deal. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, that's will probably They'll probably be even cheaper because now they're not going to say blue. They're going to say Logitech on it instead. Oh, yeah. but the ones that still say blue will be like collector's items now. That's a fair And if you point. get a renewed one, it's only 20 bucks. That's Sheesh. wild. Best mic. Great audio. Price. Yeah. Plug and play. Simple. So it'll Crazy. probably all be exactly the same, just with Logitech branding on it anymore. But it still feels like a sad day when the blue Yeti is, I know some people hate them, but it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Shout it, out to the Blackout Edition. They made an all matte black yeah. blue yeah. Yeti. That's kind of weird that Logitech isn't just keeping the brand because I feel like it's got like a big cult following. 
You know? Blue. Yeah. yeah, Blue has an interesting set of things. They basically just make microphones. Yeah. And they had these like bottle, these like high end XLR mics too that I eventually started messing it with. It ranges. There's like the $50 Snowball to the like $3,000 wow. like XLR yeah. microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So there was a, a healthy range of people to like get into mics for the first time and then experiment with like features and high end audio range stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I thought that brand was pretty strong. I guess, you know, Logitech wants their own brand to be pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So they'll bleed those into their own products. But yeah, that was interesting. Mm. Rip Blue. Rip Blue. Ripperoni. Ripperoni. All right. Can we talk about Twitch controversy, which when I first wrote this down, <clears throat> then they like totally backtracked the day after. So, <laughs> but I still want to oh. talk about it very quickly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Twitch, um, you know, beacon of good ideas, you know, never <laughs> any- Seems like they can't miss. They can't miss. Has yeah. never yeah. angered any creators, <laughs> yeah. ever. Um, I feel like I have to bring this up because I've talked about, like, the streaming wars a thousand times on this podcast and I'm always trying to, like, kind of see where it's happening. Um, so Twitch basically made a statement a couple weeks ago about how for creators on the platform, in order to kind of like embed sponsored logos into their stream, they had to be smaller than 3% of the entire <laughs> screen real estate. 3%. And when people started doing mock-ups of this, we're talking like- Really small. Very, very, yeah, very Yeah, I can't small. even picture 3%, but exactly. like it sounds small. It, it was like a totally ridiculous, <clears throat> out of nowhere change that they wanted to make. And, you know, streamers' livelihoods are pretty much baked into the these mm-hmm. sponsored streams. I mean, like all creators kind of have sponsored integrations that is a large, large portion of their revenue. And this is coming after not too long ago, them taking the revenue split of subscriptions and like dicing it real, real hard. Yeah. So they come out with this and then I was going to talk a little bit about how ridiculous this was because universally everyone was, there was backlash about it. Within 24 hours, they released a statement that said, Yesterday, we released new branded content guidelines that impacted your ability to work with sponsors to increase your income from streaming. These guidelines are bad for you and bad for Twitch, and we are removing them immediately. Nice. That (laughs) that sounds like we also fired the person who wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like, I mean, that's like the next day. It was literally in the release. It says yesterday we released this, (laughs) and that was it was bad for Twitch. Um, That's crazy. Good to know. I, I feel like this is just another blip in the Twitch radar of like, I've talked a bunch about why I'm surprised YouTube doesn't feel like it's fighting Twitch harder for live streaming platform. It used to. It felt like it did. This just is more, I'm more and more, because a lot of partners threatened to leave Twitch over this immediately, like very, mm-hmm. very big streamers. Oh. And YouTube is the obvious next choice. I mean. Yeah, that's why YouTube doesn't have to fight Twitch. Exactly. I, I'm now 100% in this whole like mindset of YouTube doesn't care anymore because they know Twitch is going to destroy itself they in just five years yeah like youtube is so youtube makes a lot of money and youtube is so stable that twitch is sort of like flailing as the second place obvious streaming thing where like they're being attacked cool. from both sides if you're a if you're twitch you have this small upstart streaming services threatening to eat your lunch and then you have the looming like how do we become bigger than youtube in streaming over the top yeah i would i would argue twitch is the number one streaming platform and then is YouTube that is what metric by people who, when you want to watch a live viewers. streamer, you're going to Twitch. It's just because like it's focused around it. It's the discoverability is better on you it. Definitely, for mm, I won. I think everyone would argue Twitch is the number one streaming platform 
on the internet. I would say there's probably more concurrent streams going on on Twitch than there are. I think 100%, I think inside those streams, there's more concurrent viewers, viewers yeah. per stream. I would say so too. So I think that's probably true. I mean, especially in the way of when you think of streaming creators, definitely, I always mm-hmm. think of Twitch. But also, like, whenever there's a new tech event, whenever there's a new Apple stream, whenever there's a new SpaceX launch, whenever sure. there's a new car launch, it's always YouTube. YouTube. Let's let's call it then the, like, creator, and love, li- creator live stream. For sure. Like, is, Twitch would love all of the live streaming pie. But, like, that, I, I can't ignore that. Like, there's, I watch a, a SpaceX launch that had, like, a million concurrent viewers yeah. or something crazy. Wow. Just w- weird things happen. Um but also, yeah, like you want to be able to offer creators as much as possible, but you also need to make money to exist. And those are like almost opposing when you're Twitch and you're trying to grow. It's not like Amazon owes them or anything. Yeah, they do have Amazon money. <laughs> so That's like, a good but you point. can, you know, they're, they're screwing that Amazon money up because they already cut so much of the revenue split between them so hard. I, I still potentially, I would like to see the numbers, but like, there are those million stream Tesla things, but then there's also XQC and Hassan and stuff on Twitch who have like two to 400,000 people watching them eight hours a day, every day, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like, I still think the numbers might be bigger on Twitch, but I don't think YouTube is worried at all because they have numbers like that. And then they also know Twitch is inevitably probably going to Twitch mm-hmm. to screw up. Apparently has 140 million monthly active users. Um, YouTube, they don't split it out into which ones yeah. of those are live streaming. Yeah. That's the issue. Because yeah. YouTube, yeah. it says 2.1 billion. And I'm like, but what percentage of yeah, that that's is live streaming? Very different. So it's hard to... Yeah, like by the numbers, use. Instagram might have just as many live streaming as YouTube and Twitch, but I have no idea. It'll it's be hard be to very find. very hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I think I think YouTube's going to take over the creator space, the individual creator live streaming space eventually from Twitch. There's places like Stake coming up, but they're just a total mess, and I yeah, don't some... think anything will happen with that. There's some other weird ones, but like, yeah. if Microsoft can't figure it out with Microsoft money and Amazon's screwing it up with Amazon make? money, uh, you don't even remember. It was called I forgot the name. Microsoft made one, and then they get Ninja to go to it and Shroud, and it had a moment. And then it, oh my god, I forgot about this. They yeah. paid Ninja like you remember, a bazillion, right? yeah, I remember. Okay, they paid called... Ninja like a bazillion dollars. It was called Mixer. Ah, uh, yeah. that was what it was. With, I think uh, yeah. with just an R. How did Ninja each made close to thirty million? I think. And then it just shut down within like within less their than contract. A year. So they literally got yeah. to get paid and break their contract and go back. And go then back they got like Twitch. crazy reunion. <laughs> like, this is like the Live Golf PGA Tour thing. This is like you took your money. And then you just came right back yeah. and it was totally fine. Sorry, that's a reference. You guys don't even worry about it. I'm sure some will understand. Yeah. I sort of kept up with that over the weekend, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. live stuff? The live stuff. That's for that's for the Waveform Golf Podcast. The Waveform. Here's a little quick a quick summary. The PGA Tour has been the biggest golf league in the world Pro up golf until- Association. PG, yeah, exactly, Professional Golf Association. And then uh, very quickly, a bunch of Saudi investment firms with a lot of money decided they wanted to sort of improve their image by sponsoring a new golf tour. So they paid a lot of money to a bunch of high-end golfers to leave the PGA Tour to wow. start up this new tour. They successfully did it. They ran it for a little bit. Some of the biggest PGA Tour golfers stood loyal to the PGA Tour and turned down three, four, five, six, seven hundred million dollar deals. <laughs> uh, a year crap. later, out of nowhere, random announcement: we're merging. 
Okay, but here's the worst part about that is that the CEO of PGA was telling all the players, yeah. stand by, mm-hmm. like, it's bad to, like, go play for the Saudis. He was like, shaming them. He was shaming them. He was saying, like, you got to stick with us. Like, we're like this. We got values. Think and then the he values. just, and then he convinced them to not leave. Mm-hmm. And then he just sold the company. Yeah, <laughs> and now the values aren't so important. And was like negotiating behind their backs. Like how messed up how is How backstabbed that? would you feel if you turned Dude, out? Dude, if you turned out like money. $700 million and then you had no option anyway and it was like, now we're the same company. And now all the dudes who did take the two, $300 million are coming back like, hey, what's up guys? Yeah, yeah how's it going? <laughs> Want to play some golf this weekend? Made While we're talking about random sports, Messi. <laughs> Coming to MLS, baby. What happened? All I see is like he went to Miami. Yeah, he's going to enter Miami. And the only quote that I saw was like, I saw that my teammates would have to take a pay cut to pay me a billion dollars, and I didn't like that. So basically, but it's more so that Apple's giving him a cut of their streaming revenue, basically. Ooh. Supposedly. We don't Thanks know. Back to tech. I don't think we know for real. Apple's got that kind of money? They have a t- they have a it's not like I think it was revenue trillion, trillion dollar. Company. Yeah, they did a two billion dollar deal with Apple TV and the MLS to do MLS season pass. And then they signed Messi. Wow. Which is like a to big MLS. reason to watch the MLS. So numbers Sick. going okay. through the roof Yeah, now. you all make fun of me for t- Taylor Swift resale tickets. The tickets going for any game Messi's going to pay in that play now is like $5,000. I know. I'm trying to get one. So if anyone knows. Just saying. Messi, yeah. Taylor Swift, fair, well, fair. I'm okay. going yeah, to the Messi, finals. Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, I'm going to the, the Dota 2 International Finals. This year, so nice. how much were those? Did tickets? you pay five grand for a ticket? No, they're like <laughs> oh, seven dollars. You just have to be super toxic, <laughs> and then you get in for free. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, they just invite people for free. No, yeah, that's um, Twitch, man. Twitch. Twitch is doing stuff. Twitch. Can't miss. Rumble. Where do we put them in the in the tier list? Because I know YouTube is S tier, and people always roast me for saying that. But let's be well, honest. Okay. Hold, I also think the reason people roast you for that is it's like. I didn't say they're flawless. No, 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 no. And I don't think anyone thinks you said that either. I think it's just like, so the social media tier list is like, am I talking about social media where I post like my personal stuff and follow other personal people? Okay, or I'll just specify. like social media in general? Social media as a creator wanting yes, to make a living. For sure. I think if YouTube you say as a creator, it's undisputed. undisputed. YouTube's S tier. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the highest, no no doubt. I don't There's know, nothing man. below it. TikTok. You don't Come make money. At your it doesn't matter. Like Thirty-five Dude, bucks for a million. Views. I went to a dinner last night with some people who are all over TikTok, and they just kept repeating this. Like they, they were like repeating this catchphrase of this TikToker from like Hong Kong or something. And they were like, "Oh, he's so famous! He's so famous!" I'm like, "Okay, but like, how is this making him any money whatsoever?" He's probably like, trying to drive as many people as possible off of TikTok to make money. He's a tailor. A tailor. Yeah, he does like. He tailors suits and stuff. That probably makes more money in the videos. Oh, I thought he was a Swifty. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Taylor. That's half <laughs> anyway, I just yeah. If you want to make money on the internet, like doing things on the internet, like there's no, nothing better than YouTube. Mm-hmm. Facts. Let's take a quick break. We got to talk about another company making lots of great decisions. Be right back. Uh, trivia. Whoa. Oh, of course. Bro, we, skipped we skipped it last week, week and now and my brain melted <laughs> out of my ears and I forgot no about trivia. 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 Dude. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Yeah. So, Aha. update on the score. Marquez has 19. Andrew has 16. David has 20. First question. That's right. I feel like Blue Microphones has been around forever, but obviously that's not true. What year was the company founded? Hmm. Think on it. I always like these questions because it's always way earlier than I thought. Yeah, but Adam said that's not true. They haven't been around forever, but they've been around for 
some amount of time. <laughs> oh. We just don't know that amount. And we'll have to think about that. Wait, so Adam, say that again. You always felt like they had been we around s- forever, but I it's I feel not like true. Blue Microphones has been around forever. But obviously that isn't true. Why obviously? Because, because they were founded <laughs> at some point. They were founded. <laughs> they weren't around forever. Yeah. Like literally they were not around like forever. Like King Arthur <laughs> in the castle was using his blue <laughs> snowball for $49. On the first day. 49 shekels. Yeah. Adam was near the tree. <laughs> exactly. On the second day. They dug day, up they the dinosaurs the and there's like a T-Rex <laughs> and like a blue Yeti. <laughs> hanging from a brontosaurus. Like. <laughs> Adam okay. goes to, to take the apple, but he accidentally <laughs> takes a, a blue snowball. Yeti. It's a snowball hanging. <laughs> <laughs> the earth was formed and it spins around its core of molten blue yeast. anyway okay we're gonna think about this the answers will be at the end but we'll be right back the earth's core is a snowball Fox Creative this is advertiser content brought to you by Visible Okay, so Visible Wireless is one of my partners, and they're pretty great. Let me tell you why. They asked me to make a video explaining why Visible Wireless might not be for you. Pretty refreshing, right? So Visible's base plan with 5G, mobile hotspot, and unlimited data on Verizon's network for 25 bucks a month works great for lots of people, so what's not to love? Well, they are all digital, so you do everything from managing your plan to updating your eSIM or getting customer service right in their app. If you love to handle everything without ever needing to talk to a human in a store, then this works great. But if you need to shop for a new phone in person, then Visible probably isn't for you. Someone like Verizon would be a better choice. If you want your wireless bundled with a bunch of extra stuff, don't switch to Visible. But heads up, you're gonna have to pay for that stuff. But Visible is focused on the wireless part of wireless. So if you want more than 5G, mobile hotspot, and unlimited data from your wireless plan, and you're willing to stand online or sit on hold and pay top dollar for it, then by all means, don't switch to Visible. Don't even go to Visible.com to learn more. You get it. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. Additional terms apply. Visit Visible.com for additional information. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, I meant to ask you guys, because I've seen sort of murmurings about it a little mm-hmm. bit. I assume there's like a little bit of stuff going on. What's going on with Reddit right now? Anything I should know about? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I felt for like four days at this point. Yeah, sorry if we scared you in your car <laughs> right now. Um, uh, anger. Yeah, there is. I Anger. I almost wonder, there's like, there's a, a long timeline of things yeah. going mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. Do you think the best way of I so yesterday when I sat down to write the outline of this, I was like, I'm just gonna write an outline, like a TLDR of it. And and, like, and oh, then we can follow long. it. It was three pages. it's three pages <laughs> long. So okay. wow. we have three a pages. lot we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Is the easiest way for me to just start doing it and like interject at any point possible with a question or yeah. a comment or anything? I have my I understanding of what I believe Reddit is, and <laughs> I think that that's a 
good foundation. Start it. What do you believe I Reddit think, is? I think Reddit is one of the most popular sites on the internet. It's a bunch of user-generated content and links. Basically, people are uh, posting links and writing content, and then they are in individual communities called subreddits, where people in those communities upvote and downvote, bring stuff to the top, talk about it. It's a common place to find news, to find stories, to find products, to find information. Our videos get posted to Reddit all the time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's actually some of the most valuable, useful uh, feedback that I've gotten sometimes is you get to see comments from people who have never seen the videos before. Mm. So Reddit is a site where you find stuff like that. I see it as a forum of forums. So yeah. we used to have individ individualized forums all over the internet. Like you'd go to uh, this website called Geek Hack that I used to use for mechanical e keyboard stuff back in like 2011. Whoa. But then eventually the r slash mechanical keyboard subreddit yeah. just way overtook it because yeah. it's, a it's a centralized place where you can find all of the forums that you would want to participate in. And then aggregate them into one your homepage then. Yes. So like imagine if all the different forums you used to be a part of. Also, if you don't know what a forum is, you missed the golden age of the internet. It <laughs> Which, was a weird yeah. place. But, all the um, Zoomers probably did. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so then like you can be subscribed to 10 different forums and now they're aggregated on your front page and you yeah. can be like, oh yeah, maybe I should, like I should check the thing about mechanical keyboards today because mm -hmm. this post looks super interesting. And yeah. I also like almost think of Reddit as kind of, you said information, we talk all the time about Googling things, which is Reddit at the end. It yeah. almost feels like the way better conversational version of like Yahoo Answers or Quora. Because or you're getting like actual people who are answering. And a lot of the times there'll be like an ask Reddit question. They're like, people who have done this or people who are actual doctors in this very specific field. And someone mm -hmm. will be like, yes, I'm a doctor in this very specific field. And here's like a bunch of really specific information. And you can reply to those so people can then like talk about that information even further so it's not yeah. just like here's an answer this is the best answer here's an answer and here's why everyone yeah, also yeah, is conversation based. yeah, like, yeah. i just incredible. love it for whenever there's a new dota 2 patch because people just go off it's just fun <laughs> it's talk fun. about so what they found. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of specific communities i'm in i'm in the ultimate frisbee subreddit i'm in the uh oh, man like Our certain ultimate. car car brands will have subreddits where like a new software update for tesla comes out and then everyone who uses it will post what they found and figure stuff out in the tesla motors subreddit uh I did an AMA in just the AMA subreddit. People just ask people with interesting experiences yeah. anything, and then there's a whole threaded conversation with that person. So, yeah, there's a lot, lot going on. It's great. Now I have a question for all of you, uh -huh. except Adam. Um, <laughs> what When you use Reddit on your phone, how do you use it? Yes. What app do you use? So typically I use Relay for Reddit, okay. which is an, a third-party app, uh, beautiful UI, great UI, and, and sorting, and everything just works really well. Android only. Android only. Relay for Reddit. What do you use on your iPhone? Or do you uh, use it I typically on your don't much? open okay. Reddit on my iPhone, but I will either Google something with the word Reddit at the end, okay. or I will stumble across a Reddit link and just open it in Safari. And it's okay. just yeah, yeah. So on the annoying thing about opening a Reddit link though in your browser is that it's like, please use the official app. Please mm -hmm. use the yeah. official app, and you like can't read more comments unless yeah. you yeah. Um, I use Relay for Reddit whenever I'm on an Android phone, and I use Apollo for Reddit on whenever I'm on an iPhone. Yeah, I use um, something, it's just called RIF now, which I learned pretty recently. It was called Reddit is Fun, but I think since they were using the term Reddit in there, maybe there are some reasons for that. Oh I, yeah, they, they did actually make everyone get rid of Reddit. having Reddit at the beginning. So now it's Apollo Reader, I think, or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, and Relay was Relay for Reddit. Yeah, Relay for Reddit, Reddit instead of Reddit yeah. Relay or something. Sure. Yeah. Wait, why didn't we let Adam answer? 
Because he uses the official app and I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> the official Reddit app, baby. <laughs> Although, as of like a month ago or a month and a half ago, I started using the Apollo Reddit app. And Did then you? all this stuff happened. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Great oh, timing, Adam. Yeah, Something happened. Perfect timing. What happened? Something okay, happened? so. Okay. <laughs> Reddit. Yes. Decided to make some changes to their API. Mm-hmm. They're going to start charging. Man, I'm already lost in my notes here. But anyways, they're going to start charging people for usage of their API because up until now, all of these third-party apps that we've been talking about um, were using their API for free. And just a little further back there, Reddit didn't used to have their own app. Yeah, I've been using Reddit as fun for probably 10 years at this point. Only a couple years ago was when the official Reddit app became an official app. They bought Alien Blue. Yeah, and they bought a third-party app. Which is a third-party app on iOS. Oh, wow. They bought it, and they turned it into the official app, changed the color scheme, and made it available yes. on Android. Really quickly, for people that don't know, can you explain what an API is? It's an application programming interface. It's basically a way for that website to access that all that website's information. Yeah, and so like... It's like a if, plugin that you use. Basically, in all of our apps... Every single thing that you do goes uses the API to contact Reddit and then send back something. And like that is an upvote is an API call. Or like a comment is an API call. Posting yeah. something is a call. Reading your DMs is a call. Like at least one call every single Anything time. Anything that you do that officially interfaces with the actual website servers is mm -hmm. an API call. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like we have third party apps on Twitter. Yep. That have a similar thing we where used to. <laughs> well, yeah, true. we used to. We don't anymore. We could make parallels with this. Oh, but well, there are I, a lot of parallels. Oh, okay. With this, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah you yeah. would. You would. <laughs> you would like your retweet something, and that's an API call, and you had a limited number of those. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So and so I'm gonna go through. I just wanted to like point that out there that like Reddit is insanely popular. Reddit. Obviously, because mobile phones have become so popular, we use the internet on mobile so much. Like, you have to give part credit to these third-party apps in helping make Reddit so popular because yeah. they literally didn't have one. Like, people had to make them in order to have a good experience on mobile. Yeah, they didn't have an Reddit. official app until a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was like very recently. Like it was all third-party apps. They for just a very had a, long like a time. mobile website, I guess, and it was garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, the website's not the. I love how simple the website is, and I still use old.reddit.com. Yeah. Everybody should. Yeah. Um, but like that in a web page is, yeah, it's just white with text across it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's the wrong one to use. The right oh one to use. God. I I'm literally going to throw you out of this room in a minute. <laughs> okay, so Reddit is going to start charging for API usage. They're going to be charging 24 cents per 1,000 API calls. And like we said before, an API call is like literally every single time you interface. Upvoting, downvoting, like... Absolutely Most basic everything. thing. Yeah. So if you make a Reddit app and you have a user, a single user that makes a thousand Reddit calls, then you will owe Reddit 24 cents. Correct. So if you have a lot of users making a lot of API calls, you will owe Reddit a, a lot, lot of, of money. money. Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to judge the like the the multitude of what 24 cents per thousand API calls is because that seems pretty cheap. But like you have to start getting into the the side of these third-party app developers. So a lot of the information we're going to talk about today is from Christian Selig. He's the guy, I think I'm pronouncing that I think right. Selig. Selig, yeah, I think you yeah. are right. He's the guy who runs Apollo. We actually, funnily enough, met him at WWDC very yeah, briefly. Really randomly. After the whole keynote mentioned Apollo like 100 times and all of us like, ooh, this is a rough week to be mentioning yeah. that because all of it just got announced before. Yeah. Um, and he's come out with some incredible information, a really long run through of kind of this whole story of how Reddit's been 
communicating with them and charging because I I, I want to go over it. it feels like there's a lot of things that Reddit is doing mm-hmm. poorly right now that's led to this really big backlash um and let's kind of go over try and go over all of it okay okay <laughs> all right so let's let's go over the story this might get a little messy because there's stuff kind of all over the place also not messy the soccer player which I know is <laughs> thinking. this is just gonna get it's gonna be a little all over the place but I want to start this out with in January so a lot of these third-party app developers they're they're close with Reddit. Like they talk to them all the time. They said usually Reddit is pretty good at at least mentioning if a change to the API is coming that might break something in their app. In that sense, they're good at communicating. A lot of other senses with new features they want and stuff, they're pretty poor at communicating is the general overview of what these developers have said. It's tough. Not a lot of companies have third-party apps that they work well with. So that's- Yeah, and, and that's another reason why like most of these companies and Christian very specifically said that like they totally understand getting charged for this. In fact, he mm-hmm. said he thought it was weird that for so long they never got charged. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's still their website. Yeah. They're creating a better experience for it. Yeah. They do think they should be charged. And they, he was talking with Reddit in January, a t- I believe towards the end of January, and they said, "We have no plans to change the API at least not in 2023, maybe years to come after that, but if we do, it'll be for improvements." So that's in January. In April is when they make the first call to people that they are going to start charging for APIs. And that's when Christian and a lot of other developers say, like, we get it. Totally understand. Like, we do think we should be charging for it. We are making money off of this. Like, mm-hmm. we're using your website. It's kind of the, uh, what's the, the remora fish for the shark of Apple. We that's talk a great, about that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally, totally reasonable. And Mark I has just perked up. He's like, oh, yeah. Up. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm actually bad at how good you are at analogies sometimes. <laughs> and then, Correct me if I'm wrong, but they basically use Twitter as an example of like, yeah. we will be charging, but don't worry. We know there's a ton of backlash with Twitter and how much they're charging people. Like, we don't expect it to be that. They said it'll be based in reality. Yeah, so I might be wrong about this Twitter thing, but what I understand is that Twitter also has an API that you can use. It's just that they make the API call costs so ridiculously high that it's sort of like... Yeah, we totally have an API that you can use, but like no one could possibly ever afford it. Mm. Also, and that's part of the reason why all the third-party Twitter apps had to shut down. I thought they just banned third-party apps. I think that they might have officially banned it eventually, but I, I do you remember the token thing that you used the to have to deal thing, with? Yeah, you would have a limited amount of tokens that you could, basically limited the number of users that you could have. So if you had a third-party Twitter app with a million users, it was capped, and then once you reached that number of users, a new person would try to sign up and sign in through the app and it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And they'd have to start a new listing on the Play Store for a new version of the app. Yeah. So I was using this old one, Flamingo, because I got a token and I was in and they ran out and they just didn't refresh and it was an old app no one could use unless they had it yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. But so now they're just banned. You still can use the Twitter API. Um, yes, but I don't not know for a third-party app. Probably not for a third-party app. But, oh, okay. But you can use it for research or use it to like yeah. scrape data to do a project or whatever, but you can't make a new Twitter app. No. Yeah. And they're also charging $12,000 to $42,000 a month for that information. Sure. And um, like lots of them just outright ban third. Like there, you, YouTube bans third. You can't make another YouTube app, yeah. another third-party app for right. YouTube or right. Instagram or anything. But okay. YouTube and Twitter also had apps when they... They made their own apps. Sure. They didn't like fully rely on other apps to be made to like right. help make them as popular as they are today. Yeah. Um, okay. So after they said they would not, 
They they announced the API change. They said it will be pricing based in reality, unlike things like Twitter. Unlike Twitter, yeah. And then also didn't give them a price at that point. So this is in April. Yeah. They said, the, we'll get back to you in two to four weeks with the price. Six weeks later, that's when they come out with the 24 cents or 24 cents per thousand API calls. Mm-hmm. And then that's when all of the developers started getting together being like, this seems absurd. Yeah. Christian did the quick math. Mm-hmm. It would cost him over $20 million a year based on what they're claiming. Based on how many people are using use. the app. Yeah. Right yeah. He gets about 7 billion API calls a month. So it's over $2 million a month. Okay. Yeah. And then... Oh, a m- month. A month. Oh. 2 million a month. Okay. Tw- over 20 million a year. Got it. Yeah. That's and, ridiculous. Wow. And these changes will be starting. The The billing cycle will start on July 1st. Which you know, we are... 30 days. Yeah. And, and the actual bill will come August 1st. So it's not like the bill comes right then. But that's still a very, very, very short amount of time. Just for example, remember... I know you remember this. Remember when Apple bought Dark Sky? Apple I don't know bought, what you're talking about. Bought what? Dark Sky. Oh, Dark Sky? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when they did that and a lot of people were using Dark Sky's API, Apple gave them 18 months to mm-hmm. find a solution. And after that 18 months, they decided to give them another year. Yeah. So that's how long Apple gave Dark Sky API users to change this. Mm-hmm. Reddit is giving these people about 30 days. 30 days. Which is... For like every third-party Reddit app. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then do you want to explain why that's such a pain? Like, there's sure. a reason why for some people that's... it's. I'll say the obvious answer, and you can say why it's a problem, yeah. I guess. So, like, the the obvious answer is, oh, well, calculate how much each user would use charge based on how much those users would be, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you think one user is probably costing you one to three dollars a month you you know you have to also put in like apple play store mm-hmm. like app store play store taxes on that just charge them per month for how much it would be yeah. for that boom our app now costs six dollars a month just to use it at all that sounds easy the biggest issue that christian said he was facing was that a lot of people on apollo like apollo has different pricing structures there's a free structure which most people use but there are a lot of pro users and the pro users, you can either pay, I think you can either pay per year or you can pay monthly. I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah. But there are a lot of users that just pay per year because he gave them like a discount if you paid per year and it was like 12 bucks a year or something, right? And it's like 12 or 20 a year. Right. Think, yeah. So he was like, you know, if I didn't have these yearly users, I could just put a thing in the app that says, I'm so sorry. If you're going to keep using Apollo, you have to start doing a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um Beyond the fact that, you know, an average user costs him $2.50 a month, there are power users that cost $7.50 a month, right? And so he would have to, like, work out his pricing structure so that it, like, kind of includes those power users as well as the lower-end users. And uh, But the biggest problem here is that all of those yearly subscribers that paid $12 – maybe last month they just subscribed for an entire year, right? Yeah. So – Kind of best case scenario is that you're going to have a number of users whose yearly subscription expires next month, the month after that, the month after that, the month after that. But that means that just for July or just for August, his bill would be about $50,000 because the amount of people that subscribed for a year, 11 months ago, you would have to pay for all of those people, and that's about $50,000 with that many people. Yeah, not quite the bill, but basically the money he would have to eat because he owes those people 
the a month. whole year. He owes those people their years of subscriptions they paid for already. Right. When yeah. So there's a feature in these app stores or wherever you're using where you can either charge people every single month mm-hmm. or you can charge them a lump sum for an entire year and maybe incentivize them, give them a little discount. But maybe they would have quit after six months, so you got more money out of them. Mm-hmm. This happens a lot more, I feel like, on the iPhone because people realize iPhone users have more money and spend more money on apps and stuff. So a lot of iPhone users will be given the opportunity to pay for a year of a subscription at a slight discount. Yeah. Now they have so many people who have paid for an entire year and suddenly are going to cost way more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're they going to still use that. API calls, and he's just going to have to eat the cost of all the API calls. So he said yeah. the first month is going to cost him about fifty grand. The second month would cost him maybe forty-five grand. The third month would cost him maybe forty grand. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that would run out, but that's still like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah and altogether. it's stuff he believes that he owes to the people because they already paid for it. Like you yeah. deserve that service. Like they, they, it is totally fair for them to think they deserve the service, mm-hmm. right? Even though. Things changed very quickly. And that's another reason why this like telling you nothing's going to happen four months later, going completely against what they said. And then also six weeks after that, charging a price that is like completely bonkers. I I don't have the exact numbers on here, but like I think one thing that was really interesting he mentioned was Reddit has a very a limit of API calls a like user is allowed to make per day. And it was something like, uh, I don't remember the exact number. It was, it was in the thousands. And his, his average user is making around 300. And they called that inefficient. And he was like, this is a weird thing where if, like, you told me I could borrow your uh, your Model S, right? You said, I'm going, I'm going away for the day. You can use it. Just don't drive over 100 miles. Mm-hmm. And I get back and I drove three miles. And you're like, oh, that's weird. David Rent borrowed it last week and he only drove one mile. It's like, why am I comparing myself to David driving? Yeah, I drove more than David. You said don't drive on over a hundred. Yeah, you set a limit for me. I'm Mm. nowhere near that limit, but then you're going to like compare me to these other apps or drivers. So Christian was like, if I had more time, like a couple more months, I could maybe reduce the amount of API calls that are called by like preloading pages or or things. But I just don't have enough time. And also, like, that's not going to make a huge difference. Well, and you also have the time then for the people who had already paid their year-long subscription to get closer and closer to the end of that. I mean, if you think about the Dark Sky API, if they had given them a year to make this transition, he can end giving the year-long subscriptions now, start charging the reasonable prices that will actually pay for this, and then not just eat hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, like... And you'd still honor the people who you gave the year-long thing to. Yeah. Okay, so in this process... When they were communicating, and this first came out, Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit, um, if you're on Reddit and have ever seen someone named Spez comment, he is like the head, he's the CEO, but like a lot of people just see him as kind of like the head moderator on the website. He had a call with Christian who, they were talking about the new charges. Christian mentioned how like, based on what they're going to be charges for API calls and his average calls, it would cost them about over $20 million. So he... What he he says he made a joke uh, along the lines of, I'm going to, like, if you're telling me that Apollo for Reddit is going to cost you over $20 million, like, why don't you just cut me a check for $10 million because Apollo's way, and make Apollo quiet because it's very noisy compared to what you're saying. Steve Huffman, I think this is partially due to some connection issues because he made him repeat it a few times, but took that as a threat. 
made Christian kind of uh, restate what he said and then immediately realizes it wasn't a threat, that it was a misunderstanding, in the phone call says, I'm so sorry, I misunderstood you, I thought you were threatening us, we've had some bad calls with some other people, but like, we, I thought you were trying to threaten them, they both like laugh it off because it just seems like a misunderstanding. Then directly after that, there's an internal meeting with Reddit and Steve Huffman tells people in the internal meeting, Apollo is threatening us and trying to coerce us and kind of is like using him as the scapegoat to make third-party app developers like the bad guy. And yeah. then this gets to Christian. <laughs> Luckily, he had recorded the whole call, leaks the call because he's, at this point, you have this huge company and people inside this company now using you as a scapegoat for something you didn't say, very obviously, and releases the call and proves that he yeah. was not doing that. Yeah, basically he said like, the reason that you want to start charging us is because you have an opportunity cost to the amount of users that you could be using on your official app, right? Mm -hmm. And say that <laughs> opportunity cost is $20 million a year. If you cut, because it costs me about $20 million a year based on your current API cost. Right. So that means the cost of Apollo to you, the opportunity cost of us existing to you is $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. So if you just cut me a check right now for $10 million, I will shut the app down. Like it sucks because I love running this community. I love having this app. I love interacting with the people who use it. Um, but he said, you know, you can quiet it, you can quiet us down, or you can make us go away quietly because no, we're no. or he didn't say you can no, make so us go away quietly. That's what Steve Huffman thought he said. Yeah, he said you could quiet us down because, but by that he meant we have a, a very noisy app in terms of API calls being noisy because there's a lot of API yeah, calls because. Yeah. Seven billion API calls yeah. in a month. Yeah. So he misinterpreted him, but he was like, "Are you threatening us?" And on the call, uh, Christian's like, "No, no, no, no. I'm literally, I'm saying a noisy API call." And he immediately goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I completely misinterpreted you. I thought that was a threat." And he's like, "Definitely not a threat at all. And I'm so sorry that you interpreted it that way. Mm -hmm. It seemed fine." And then if you listen to the call, and then you listen to that call, he leaked the call, and then immediately Spez just goes and tells everybody. He's threatening us, like telling us That's that dumb. he's it's not really going to let us go yeah. quiet. I think Christian got like a post on Mastodon. Like, can you confirm the uh, yeah. you threatening Reddit, like based on this internal, these internal meeting notes on that, like we were all told. And he's like, no, no, that is not at all what happened. Yeah. Um, so he releases that. We actually met him at WWDC, like I mentioned. That was on a Tuesday and he still felt semi hopeful, I think. And then by that Thursday, so this is almost a week ago, um, Apollo, Reddit is fun, and Sync, which I've not used, but apparently is very popular, all said they're shutting down on June 30th. Um, mm -hmm. Apparently, it seems like this pricing, not just that, the pricing and the back pay they would have to make because of all the people with year-long subscriptions or like longer subscriptions, stuff like that, is just too much for them to mm -hmm. be able to handle because these are, these are multiple, is Apollo only two people running it? it it's just two people. It's just two it's people. It's Christian, and he hires an independent web developer, and that's it. Well, he has that's like a crazy. guy running his the server, and server, stuff. server engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not a lot of people. Um, and that happens if you are on Reddit. You probably have recognized the last couple of days about seven thousand different subreddits have gone dark in protest. I just click Reddit all the time on my phone. My mm -hmm. Reddit is fun app. I had to take it off yeah. because I was going to it so much. But I did notice on like Monday, I clicked on it and I was scrolling. I was like, man. All of these posts are from the same subreddit. This is like really, really weird. And it's because every single subreddit I'm a part of, except for one, is participating yeah. in the blackout. Yeah. So it's only Do you my- explain the blackout though? 
Yeah, pretty much. We didn't talk about that. Subreddits are. The way they're blacking out is by going private. We did this with MKBHD subreddit. It was initially supposed to be for two days. A lot of them are stretching it. We also didn't say that, like, basically everyone on Reddit is very angry about this. Yeah, there's insane backlash. Christian made, like, a whole really long post about it Mm -hmm. that we read. And then Spez also did an AMA, which people assumed were going to be to talk about the API changes. And he basically didn't address anything. That's just dumb. That's he just dumb. Only re- he only replied to 14 people and like none of the answers were about any of this. Um, and so all of the mods on all of the subreddits have basically band together to do a blackout. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and in that blackout, they're all you set it to private. We did this with MKBHD one. And then basically users can't Post. look at those subreddits. So like anyone who's even in it can't see it anymore. Nope. OK. And if you're a moderator, you can see it, but that means nothing. I actually believe even our videos, we all know mm-hmm. our videos, right? Our They're just videos. straight up shutting down. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Until this maybe changes. Well, yeah, that's... If it oh. does, but it should yeah. probably won't. So a lot of them are, they were doing it for two days. Um, in that AMA, That I feel like the initial threat of the, um, the blackout is what kind of sparked the API changes AMA, even though, you know, maybe they should have done that to be a little more transparent a little earlier. Um, so the AMA gets posted, Spez comes in, answers for about 40 minutes worth of questions to the point where it was very obvious that they were all, almost all of the answers were copy and pasted because he posted one comment that had a little, it was like a colon and then the response to it. So it was very obviously copied from a document outside of it. That's the dumbest part of all of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm filled in. Or I guess I have most of the the history leading up to where we're where at. We're at. So the I blackout, you you guys are probably listening to this on Friday, um, mm-hmm. possibly later. The blackout was originally supposed to be Monday to Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, but that two day period was before the AMA happened and before this had gotten like a lot of media coverage and a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, after the AMA and after this has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. There are a lot of subreddits that are are advocating to just shut down indefinitely until something changes. And part of that is because, first of all, he had a couple like also just bad responses in his AMA. He he very quickly mentioned something about Christian and kind of double downs on Christian threatening him again um, and about leaking a private phone call, which the reason he leaked it is to defend himself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then he makes another like really snarky comment about third party app developers Um Somebody asked, how do you address the concerns of people who feel Reddit has become increasingly profit-driven and less uh, focused on community engagement? This is a, Reddit is also supposed to IPO later this year. So I think that's a very obvious reason why a lot of this is happening. His response is, we'll continue to be profit-driven until profit arrives. Unlike some third-party apps, we are not profitable. So kind of just like a shot at third-party apps making money. Okay, yeah. I I think that's like this weird, like we are not profitable, but are also this like evaluated multi-million dollar, like giant website. I just don't like that. Like we're not profitable. Obviously you are making plenty of money at this place. Um, So, so that happens. But then during the blackout, an internal memo leaks of uh, Steve Huffman writing to Reddit saying like pretty much along the lines of like, don't worry, we'll make it through this. This is just a small blip on our radar. It will all pass. Is, which is like, if you're getting protested, the last thing you should do is like poke the beehive and be like, you mean nothing to me. 
So now all the subreddits are basically, not all of them, but a lot of these ones that are participating in the blackout are spanning it to indefinitely yeah. and trying to make this last a little longer. So things could possibly change by the time you hear this, but I mean, a big possibility is that Reddit will just go full, like overt control and just take over the most popular subreddits and kick out the current community moderators. Hmm. And just and install their, them again, and just mm -hmm. install their own moderators because they can. Because they own it. At the end of the day, he's not wrong that he says this will probably blow, that this will blow over most likely. But it's just like when you had these third-party apps that helped you grow as a company this massively because you just didn't have an app on mobile, which mobile is like the most trafficked, you know, form of accessing the website, and then you just. Not even like having a conversation with the third party apps or figuring out a way to make it work for everybody or even offering to buy them out. Just like 30 days notice, pay us a ton of money that is unsustainable or else. Yeah. It's just kind of like a terrible way to act to your community, especially because Reddit, a lot of people don't know this, but like Reddit is moderated by people who just random people who mm -hmm. don't get paid. Like, the mechanical keyboard subreddit is just like moderated by people who are really into mechanical keyboards. Our videos is volunteer moderators. Which is like insane. The biggest subreddits on the website are volunteer moderators. So even yeah. if they do unlock these with their own moderators, like they don't have the the power to be able to actually moderate these subreddits unless they find new volunteers. But yeah. you've upset a lot of the community at this point and yeah. it, it's going to be harder for sure. I'm sorry. We've you tried to talk like eight different times no, I, and David I'm, and I have I'm kind of it been all on in. the train. So I, I think... I, yeah, no, I think I'm getting, I'm getting like Twitch vibes from Reddit, which is funny. <laughs> so Reddit is weird, and I, I'll now that I have all this information, I feel like I'm kind of digesting that. It's it's obviously a scummy move to like just sort of boot all third party apps because you're not making any money from them, and they're making money from you. So that's sort of like the high level version of why they don't want them to exist anymore. But also, Reddit has always been interesting to me because. So many of the communities on Reddit uh, are super vibrant and active, but sometimes it's easy to think that that is all of the people in the community that cares about the thing when it's a surprisingly small fraction. Mm -hmm. So I'll try to give an example of like, I could use Sony phones, I could use oh, like yeah. any, like our Android even, mm -hmm. we'll just go like, all right, this random LG phone came out and we all, as a community, love this phone. And so we're all going to talk about how much we love this phone. But we are a tiny fraction of, like, the total market. The world. And we yes. have a hard time seeing that not everyone feels the same way, even though this community is very much vibrant about this one thing. I have a good example real quick mm -hmm. to help you prove that point is we had a... There was a video once I remember, it was the top of our Android and it was the top of our Android like ever at that point. Like one of the highest upvoted our Android posts ever. We looked at the traffic coming from Reddit who watched that video and it was less than 1% of the total views on yeah. that video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes, I totally agree that this is not indicative of all the people in that community and how they think, yeah. mm. but it still is a very good aggregator of places, of people who like to have a little more conversation than a YouTube comment. It's a good window mm -hmm. into the 10% of the most interested people in any topic, Yeah, which is what makes it so cool. Yeah. That's why Reddit is dope. Yeah, But also 90% of Reddit users are normal people just yeah. lurking around. Uh -huh. 
not doing too many API calls, not leaving any comments. There's they still a, are. Every maybe time uploading you click, a few things. Every time you click comments, every time you click a link, every time you click into a subreddit, sure. that still is quite a few API. But calls. I would imagine the bell curve of what it looks like to be a Reddit user is of a, uh, a lot of people not making many at all, and then a really, really big curve towards the power user end where there's people who are using Reddit the most and have a bunch of communities to subscribe to and commenting and upvoting and doing a whole, a whole bunch more activities. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure Reddit sees third-party apps as like a tiny blip that they just, eh, we'll get rid of those things. Uh, and I just looked it up actually just to see the Reddit official app has 100 million downloads mm-hmm. on the Play Store. The Relay app has a million. Uh, I looked up some other third-party apps. They had far, far fewer. So it's like, uh, let's see, Sync for Reddit, 100,000 downloads. Boost for Reddit, a million downloads. So Reddit trying to be this giant site, which is one of the biggest sites on the internet and represents like normies is in this like internal fight with itself because what makes it special is the people who care the most and engage the most. But what makes them big is all those other people. But you know what's interesting is social media overall has this thing called the 99-1 rule where 90% of the people are lurkers, mm-hmm. 9% participate a little bit, mm-hmm. and only 1% participate, like actually make most of the content. And make the wheel spin. Yes. Yeah, like and we are the 1% of YouTube that actually makes content. Right. And if you did some, like imagine YouTube did had some stupid decision to like make being a creator awful on the site, Mathematically, they're only upsetting one percent of the users. Whatever, screw those one percent of people. But those are the people that. But make those the are content. the people that make it what it is. <laughs> make it work. Yeah. And so the ninety-nine percent of yeah. the people are like, whatever. I didn't care about the feature anyway. But now all the stuff you love on the site is gone. Is gone. So that's kind of what's happening with Reddit, which yeah. is the one percent of people who actually make the subreddits are the work, people you're pissing off, and who make the content, and who contribute, and who moderate, and who do all this work, and we're doing it for free. Mm-hmm. And even the people who are making third-party apps for better experiences for Reddit, yeah. that is a relatively small number of people that they think that they can just discard because it's a small number. It's a high proportion. But of now the ninety-nine percent of people who are using Reddit are logging in and just being like, eh, everything's here. blacked out. Yeah. Like, what's I can't. This yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. So you. Reddit made that like we need to make more money decision to like get rid of the third party apps, but that is the perfect wrong thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the perfect what makes this wrong so thing outsized, to do, especially with something like Reddit. Yeah, especially yeah. with Reddit, and it's crazy. And it, it also just feels like such poor communication. There's examples of poor communication going on through this. Also, apparently, a lot of moderator communities have been asking for specific tools. I believe a lot of them find a lot of these tools in some of these third party apps to help better moderate. Mm-hmm. And again, like. Reddit is a website where you can post pretty much anything. So like moderation is key mm-hmm. to not essentially getting totally shut down. And these people are volunteers. So like, again, you're exactly what you said. Again, dumb Marquez freaking figuring out the best way to explain a thing that <laughs> David and I have spent a last week talking about. And he hears about it for 30 minutes and explains it better than we do. Yeah. But just like, yeah, you're you're making the people who make the entire site run mad and not want to use it anymore. And yeah. that's going to make your giant user base have an awful, awful experience. Yeah. So if Reddit thinks the blackout will pass, I don't know if that's as accurate as they think. Yeah. And even if it does pass, like it probably will pass because people want to use Reddit. That's the whole point. We want to use Reddit. But like, damn, that's you, like the perfect run. Do you know move. what internet power users have in common? What? 
they all hold grudges really well. <laughs> really, that's really true. well. That's true. You should so, see some of the R Android comments. Anytime <laughs> I said something wrong about a Sony phone, those guys jumped in on yeah. that. Something that's kind of like acute to this is like everyone got mad about Twitter when Elon was me- messing with Twitter, but no one has really fully moved over to any of the other apps. Like they moved a lot of the power Twitter users over to Blue Sky, but they didn't stop posting on Twitter. Yeah, no. they they are now posting on Blue Sky, but most of them are still posting on Twitter too. Twitter is definitely more like it's run in its own stuff pretty easily, and like you kind of anyone can kind of pop off on yeah, Twitter, and yeah. like they made it paid for. It's kind of weird. Like I don't like it as much, but I still use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is also so simple. There were never really any advanced tools you could build for Twitter. It's yeah. not like yeah, there were some crazy tools where like, oh, I don't have Flamingo anymore. I can't like post the way I used to. Like it's still mostly the same. Mm-hmm. And now it's at the whim of like, ah, we can screw this up a whole lot and mm-hmm. people still have to use the first party app. But yeah, Reddit is different in that there are like huge amounts of tools and UI and sorting and things that you could do in a third party app that, I mean, I don't even use the first party Reddit app, but based on all the blackouts, seems like it's probably not good. If the first party Reddit app was really, really good, do you think all this blackout would have still happened? All this protest against the third party apps would have still happened? I think, so ultimately I think the biggest issues here aren't just like, one thing it's just about like how these third-party reddit apps who have dedicated fans were like treated and ha- and the, what they were given to try and comply it just feels like a mm-hmm. total breakdown of communication essentially remember they essentially lot i can only assume lied by telling them nothing is going to change in january oh we're going to charge but not that much and then yeah, the way they went about it, it was terrible awful and yeah. then giving you such a short amount of time to make those changes yeah. it sounds like if they gave an actual price based in reality and then turned it out over to like giving you a year to comply or mm-hmm. six months to comply with this i bet sync reddit is fun and apollo would have figured out how to do things yeah. and and we've mentioned here before like i, I would be will- i don't pay for reddit is fun but i'd be willing to pay a dollar or two for a third-party app because that's just what they have to do in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the experience is better on that than the normal, the default app. I hate the default app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be willing to do that. But you put pe- back people into a corner where they're not going to be able to survive to that yeah. point, And now they have to die, yeah. which is awful. If they gave them a year, then Christian could have let people's yearly thing expire. Yep. And he wouldn't. He could just tell people now, like, by the way, I can't offer a yearly subscription anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is going to have to go paid, because, but you know I kind of understand that, and let's move on through that. But it yeah. seems like Reddit just, if they are actually trying to IPO this year, this is probably why they rushed it out the door. Well, or you think about, are they trying to make their app the most popular app? Are these actual Which bad, it already bad is by far. Parts? It is by far already. Do they want even more people on there? So then when probably. they show the numbers for IPO, Investment like yeah. IPO, That's kind of what better. it feels like. I was about to say, like, what it feels like. does it feel like Elon secretly is also now running Reddit, <laughs> where it's like, we need to just cut all expenses as fast as possible. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens when you're like, oh, we need to IPO. We need to make our numbers and our books look nice. Yeah, the Twitter worth is totally skyrocketing. And that seems like a great way to well, do it. Well, that, that was also like, we have a lot of bills to pay. So yeah. is anything costing us money? Yes, yeah, stop doing that. And is anything making us money? Let's maximize that. Where Reddit is like, oh, third-party apps? Yeah, we could we could just get rid of those. And then everyone will have to use our app and see more ads. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Boom. Yeah, not not it, the greatest. It feels like there's a lot of ways they could have went about this that wouldn't piss off so many people. Like you mentioned, are the most important people on the website. Yeah, yeah. Because if um, they're, if they're so worried about not making the ad revenue because they can serve ads within their app, charging for the API is basically a way to make up for that ad revenue. You yeah. know, they could just do that. They could also. Christian did mention that 
Reddit just doesn't offer an API call to bake their ads into a third-party Reddit app. That's just something they've never done. So none of them have ever gotten the opportunity Could to even possibly smart. make Reddit some money. Like, yeah. yeah, offer that, and then the third-party apps will let us pay money to not see those ads. Yeah. It'll yeah. be great. Uh, yeah. yeah, It seems crazy, but I, I do want to say like, there's so much behind this. Um, I'm actually pretty proud of how calm we stayed during that <laughs> um but uh i'm going to link uh we will link in the show notes um christian's post on the apollo subreddit um that subreddit is still open because almost everything about that is actual information based on everything that's happening um christian also did an amazing interview with quinn from snazzy labs nice that's on there and they also he also did an interview with the verge I, a lot of this information we're getting for him because he's been the most open during all of this but it seems like all of the Reddit third-party app developers are pretty close with each other. So mm. I think they're all sharing a very, very similar yeah. viewpoint on all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, not all third-party apps are shutting down. It seems like some. I think I think Relay actually is going to stay alive because they, I guess, have made it into a way with maybe not as many users or just no um, overtime payment like that. So where they can just charge money now and it'll make up for it. I think that the person that runs that said that that's something that, that they might do, but they oh, haven't might made a decision do. yet. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully something like that happens, but yeah. um, we'll post all that in the show notes. Um, anything else anyone else has to say? I just want to say... Fuck Steve Hoffman. <laughs> Fuck Steve Hoffman. <laughs> Fuck Steve Hoffman. But also, <laughs> Apollo's a great app, but Christian makes an app called Pixel Pals. Yeah. Which is adorable, yeah. and I highly recommend. We've talked check about it out. this yeah. on it actually. So he makes the app. Remember when Dynamic Island came out, and you could get the app where these like little animals would play on the Dynamic Island. Oh, so yeah, he makes a lot That sounds it's so cute. pretty sick. Too. Pretty in, a, in Apollo, the Pixel Pals are baked in. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, you can just turn a setting on where they're hanging out on your Dynamic Island while you're using. I love that you pull Apollo. up Apollo and it just says Reddit is killing third-party <laughs> applications and itself. But look at the that's our picks. Yeah, that's the top post on our picks. Like that's yeah. wild, and it's pinned. But yeah, anyway, the Pixel Pals. Yeah, they're really cute. They hang out on your dynamic island. I don't um, have a dynamic island, but they still hang out on my lock screen. Yeah, it's really cute. So he makes a third-party app now called Pixel Pals that you can use, and you can buy different animals and stuff. He said he's making a decent amount of money from that, so he's not like well, terrified. I hope he's making a decent amount because he's gonna have to refund everyone now that he's shutting down the app. Everyone, because through the app, the app store, you can just request a refund since you didn't yeah. get the full year's yeah. worth of stuff. So he's going to get screwed. A lot of refunds. Yeah, that stinks. Anyway, Oops. trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bam. Question number two. Andrew David, real proud of you for wrapping that up. Um, Thank you. Alexis Ohanian is one of the co-founders of Reddit. Can you name the other two founders? And you get one point per founder. Nope. <laughs> this is funny. See, I, I feel like I just read this. I read this on Wikipedia a couple days ago. You read it on Reddit? No, on Wikipedia. You read it on Reddit? Oh. No, on Wikipedia. Did you forget it? No, on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, Be right back. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, nerds, we're back. So uh, YouTube has changed their eligibility requirements for creators to be able to be partners and make money. They call it lowering the requirements. I have some mixed opinions on this. Interesting. Um, write it to it. Yeah. Uh, most people would probably agree. Let's say the let's say the requirements. Yeah, let's old say what the old ones Sam. were and what the new requirements are. Okay. Yeah. So the old requirements were having 1,000 plus subscribers mm -hmm. and mm. either 4,000 watch hours in the past year or 
10 million shorts views in the past 90 days, which was tacked on as soon as shorts were made pretty recently. Which makes okay. sense. Yeah. So if you just, this just having both makes it harder to like spam bot your way to uh, making money. So if you just yeah. like signed up yesterday and spam botted your way to a thousand subscribers, you also need to get people to watch your stuff. Yeah. Or if you just bot your way into getting a lot of views, but nobody subscribed, yeah. it's obviously you're a bot. So that made sense. I will say 4,000 watch hours is not that hard to do because a watch hour, one watch hour is from one user. So yeah. if you get, you If know, you make a, let's super simplify, you make a 10, no, that's not simple. Okay. You make a 15 minute video mm -hmm. that gets four views. That's one watch hour. Yeah. If you get 16,000 views, that's 4,000 watch hours. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not super hard because that's just like the minimum requirement to become a partner. New requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, 500 subscribers instead of 1,000. Okay. okay. It's lower. Better. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> Three public uploads in the last 90 days mm -hmm. and either 3,000 watch hours in the last year or 3 million shorts views in the last 90 days. That is definitively a lower requirement. Well, it's a lower requirement. Fight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a lower requirement by a thousand watch hours. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a lower requirement by five hundred subscribers. Half, yeah. Uh, however, and for shorts, before you get into that, yes. shorts is like wildly less. Three million shorts views in the last ninety days versus ten million. Yeah, that's seventy percent. Sounds like ten million. Like what? Yeah, that's that doesn't seem much more attainable reality at, at all. Uh, okay, my thing, and I think that most people will disagree with me, so I'm willing to be the devil's <laughs> advocate here. Okay. Um, I already have a neutral view on this. Okay, great. Yeah, we got all three <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on here. Mm -hmm. So the three public uploads in the last 90 days is what I mostly take issue with. Interesting. Um, because there are multiple YouTubers that I watch that only publish a video like every two, one video like every two months. Mm-hmm. And if, because their videos are really long, really well-researched, that kind of stuff. And they have, like, Patreons that will, like, you know, pay them every month because they're, yeah, they're only publishing every two months, but their videos are insane. Mm -hmm. And the Patreon sort of helps, like, keep them afloat because they're not publishing enough to have that be their main source of revenue. There's huge sure. ones, too. Mark Rober, Simone Yetch, Michael Reeves. Yeah. They're, like, eight months in between videos. Right. Mark, Mark Rober is once a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, but say he was slightly less than once a month. Say he missed the mark by, like, a day then he couldn't become a partner and start making money. If he if he started his channel like this, I know you only have to do it yeah, once. Yeah, this is what it comes down to. Because this is, so I guess the eligibility requirements are really just at the very beginning is why it's so, yeah. uh, it almost doesn't matter. Like if yeah. you are only making 4,000 watch hours and whatever, 10 million shorts views, you are either going to make $5 or $6. Like it's, the fact that you were in versus you weren't in means you either make $5 or zero. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the requirements changed, but like the threshold just moved a little bit in the gray area of $0 or $5. Mm -hmm. But I think in order to like start building up a channel, uh, you, you do have to make more than three videos in 90 days. I have a question. Yeah. Could you like make that one video that took you two months, publish it, mm -hmm. and then just publish two videos that are one minute long being like, hey, I'm just doing this to get my thing to get in the partner program yes, and you then can. delete them. And yep. then, okay. Well, well I mean, case, you can put well, them up, apply, get accepted and then delete them. Yeah, okay. You know? Yeah. So, in that case, then yeah, maybe I would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I'd do I, that. I feel like my like in between this is like, I totally understand that. If you, 
like Marquez said, you only have to do this once. So if you're yeah. at that point where you're yeah. like, you made a video and it's doing really well. You made a second video and it's because it's it's watch hours in the past year. So then you just have to hit this like ninety day streak of three public uploads. So like maybe you've hit five hundred subscribers and three thousand watch hours. Like just for three months, make some videos that are maybe not to your full magnitude of what a video is. <sighs> but Andrew, it's to do it one just time at and the beginning. Everybody will <laughs> and understand. Go back to one every six months. Every yeah. single person will understand. I'm just t- trying to help myself cope because it has been. Um, you're in the 14 months the since I published already, a YouTube though. video. Yeah. I know I am, but still. Yeah. I, I do think, though, yeah. it is. I know it's a. I wrote that in here. Like, how much money are you really making at 3,000 watch hours? Like, not very much. There yeah. is there is a, a time period of, like, when you get eligible, then they need to approve you and you get into the monetization. And it does it is it, like, a day or does it take, like, a couple weeks to get that all set like up? I couldn't days. tell you today. It's probably, it's much shorter than when I did it. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely not. It's pretty quick instant. for me. Okay, I do think yeah. there's like that potential of like if you're starting to see some momentum on your channel, and then maybe you are posting quite a bit, and now with half the subscribers and a thousand less watch hours, yeah. maybe you hit that monetization, get it all signed up. Like you have that potential where that next video does pop off, or like yeah. mm-hmm. your videos are starting to pop off because of the momentum, and now you're just a little sooner getting into that monetization, and it's adding up a little quicker, and ultimately it's still probably going to be a pretty minuscule amount of money yeah. but like if it, it was is at nice some, to get there yeah if it was at some like life-changing number where because you keep you don't get like kicked out the second you stop uploading like you're yeah. still in so at the very beginning like i just looked it up three three million views on a short for our channel which is pretty good shorts uh 179 so oh you might miss out on 179 if you didn't get in yeah and you just make another video, and then you're in. Yeah, so. for shorts. Yeah. Uh, I also have a wait. Very do public l- uploads count as shorts? Shorts count. Yeah. Oh my god! You I make three shorts. That. You make three make shorts two or shorts. three videos or whatever. Yeah. Make wait, one video that gets it, and then make two shorts. Regular public uploads. Yeah, I think so. It does just say three public uploads, oh. and it's counting shorts. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that either. Huh. YouTube, YouTube actually my opinion has changed. No, I, they can, but I also want to say um, it makes sense for them to half the amount of subscribers you need because over the last couple of years, YouTube has deprioritized subscribers mm-hmm. so much because their algorithm has gotten so good mm-hmm. that y- videos can just blow the heck up from people that have like a thousand subs and get they can get multiple millions of views. And it's just because the algorithm is so good at serving good content now, yeah. Subscribers are really now just like a nice bonus. Like if you just strictly algorithmically speaking, the advantage to having subscribers is those people ideally watch your video quickly at the beginning and then sort of like heat soak the information about the video to the algorithm so that it knows how it will perform when they start recommending it. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, when you first upload, YouTube's not recommending it. And they're sort of like, waiting for it to populate a little bit so they go, oh, I think it'll respond well with this group and then start recommending it to that yeah. group. If you have a lot of subscribers, YouTube knows very quickly who it will work well with and can start recommending it very quickly. Yeah, That's the benefit. I got served a video yesterday from some girl who made a video called like How to Live a Happy Life and it's like a four minute video of her just kind of like talking in front of a camera being like, I got rid of social media and now I'm feeling better and blah, blah, blah. And she has she had 17 subscribers and the video had 2.3 million views. Jesus. And That's actually like, impressive. And it was, her only, it was her only video too. I would be yeah. very pissed if that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have hit this a little later. 2.3 million subscribers and to only get 17 subscribers is actually 
it's very impressive. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. But it was her only video too, so it's possible right. that people were just like, it I mean, there's, there's no, no history. Yeah. Hit, man. If I saw a channel that had its first upload got two million views, I would be like, I need to subscribe to see what this person does. Yeah, next. like Strange yeah. Parts. That's what happened yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> His first video got like 10 million views. Jesus. The building an iPhone in China from Spare Parts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. got wow. so many views, and it was like his first upload. Incredible. Yeah. I think this ultimately just looks good for YouTube also because there's so many people who want to start, who want to make YouTube videos and like maybe a thousand subscribers sees a little unobtainable. So it's like, funny that we're yeah, debating this and like we look over the fence and Twitch is like burning down everything <laughs> over there. Like YouTube's just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Reddit is literally on fire and we're yeah. like, well, YouTube changed stuff a little bit. Yeah. 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 YouTube yeah. made it easier for people yeah. to make money. <laughs> yeah. How dare I th- they? I definitely think that YouTube wants to start enticing people to like keep making YouTube videos. Like yeah. they are pushing shorts a lot, but there's like a barrier right now to like being able to actually make money on YouTube. And I think they're trying to get people to be like, no, it's not that hard. And now that there's all these cameras out that like there's that new Sony camera that it has a uh, it has a what is it called? It's not depth of field mode. It's blurry background oh, okay. mode, oh. which is a button you press that literally just lowers the aperture. Nice. Jesus. <laughs> it's called blurry background. That mode. Reminds, that's oh like God. when we talked a long time ago about how cell phones and portrait mode are making people not understand that what it's depth a, a depth of field, field that it's yeah. just, they like just call DSLRs or mirrorless cameras have portrait, portrait mode. mode. So this yeah. now literally does. Yeah, this Sony of. camera, it's for, it's for people that they just want to democratize making content so much mm-hmm. that, yeah, there's so many people consuming content and there's not enough people making content. So they're just people like, they're just like, yeah. you can make, a video about anything, just like use blurry background mode we'll on the Or serve camera. it to people, just use the tools. We yeah. make them. After yeah. looking through all the footage from our WWDC blog, which also, subscribe to the studio. It's been just straight heat Flames. lately. And yeah. we have a great video we're going to record right after this I'm excited for. But yeah. Ellis should make a channel because I just watched... <laughs> I have. I think I'm gonna have to make an uh, like director's cut version of that vlog eventually because the amount of Ellis clips in there that are just pure gold we did not have time for. It's obscene. It's the man is a absurd. content machine. He is a machine. Kids <laughs> in there, yeah. He needs like a 24 hour live stream, just a strap to his back at all times. <laughs> but not on Twitch. But not on Twitch <laughs> or Reddit. Sick. All right. <laughs> well, that that's pretty much our time. We uh we could talk forever about how normal people see blurry backgrounds as pro, but <laughs> I will I will cut myself off from that rant right now and just not even get into it. Uh, but that's it for this week. There will of course be a lot more updates on pretty much all the stuff we've talked about, including whatever happens with Reddit, whatever happens with Volvo's thirty five thousand dollar EV. Uh, and so we'll keep you guys posted on that. But the show notes are full with the stuff that's most useful right now. So check that out. Either way, until the next one, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Peace. Trivia. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys I thought I was... No, no, I actually uh, thought you were screwing with us. I thought I you remembered. The way you guys you both leaned in a little bit, I was like, that's too much engagement for <laughs> a normal outro. <laughs> I, I actually also forgot yes. about the trivia, if it makes you feel better. Uh, so I yeah, never forget about the it's trivia. It's because Ellis isn't here, and we don't have his crazy questions <laughs> that burn in your brain. Yeah, okay. So I, I was just trying to get out, because I know I don't know any of the answers. If <laughs> trivia. trivia. Okay. Question number one. I don't know. <laughs> Mine still says wavecast on the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny throwback. Just leave it. Yours says verge form. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what year was Blue Microphones founded? Lord. Is this um, so highest without going over? Closest yes. without going over? Closest without going over. Closest without going over. I'm just going to guess 1900 and this is you guys went over. Closest without going over. 
without going over. Without going over. I don't like prices right rules. Me neither. I like prices right. We should just use don't delta. like the rules. I like delta rules. I do too. That requires no. too much math. It does. No, I'm too lazy. It's just a difference. That's a lot. <laughs> Flip and read. What do you got? <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. All I'm right. Not over. You I went... said 1969. I wrote 2009. I wrote 1992. Whoa. It was 95, but David's what? the closest. Let's. They came out in 95. 95. 1995. David's just the closest period. Yeah. Yeah. By Delta or yeah. It yeah. Doesn't matter. By all mathematics. What was? Accounts. Do you have like their first? Uh, product? I do not. Baby bottle. The snowball. I'm assuming it was a microphone. Because <laughs> <Is that so? laughs> it was 25 year old. Because it was created when the earth was created. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I should have put zero BC. <laughs> Second question. Can Besides Alexis Ohanian, can you name the other two Reddit founders? One point per founder. And I will accept just first name as well. Oh, gosh, I read this on... Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. names that feel foundry. <laughs> John. <laughs> Mohammed. John. <laughs> just the most common names on yeah, the planet. Yeah, just pick the most common names. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> David. David for sure. David's number six, I believe. Is it really? It's the. I think it's the sixth most common male name on the planet. Wow. Yeah. All right. Flip them and read. What do you got? Do you know number one? Chris <laughs> <laughs> and Evan. <laughs> That do you want to read is yours? two names? Marquez, or? what do you got? <sighs> I said Chris and Evan. Wait, you can put two names? There's two There's other two of them. He said no, listen point to the... for each one. Oh. Oh. I only know one of them, so I wrote one as fuck <laughs> and two as Steve Huffman. <laughs> okay. Do I get double points for that? No. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Wait, was Steve Huffman right? Yes. Oh, I also That's put Steve Huffman. Huffman. Okay, cool. So okay. you both get one point. The he other founder it. was Aaron Swartz. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. They pitched. They went to Y Combinator and pitched a different idea together first before oh, they made Reddit. I believe I was looking this up. Yeah, during all of this research, but I did every, not remember Aaron. Every startup that, that happens <laughs> Evergreen. With, that happened with Twitch too. Trivia question: How many gills does a shark have? Sixteen. 24. Wait, like gills counts as both sides of their neck on each side. On, on each side, side, seven, eight, sixteen. Those really interesting answers. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Thanks for listening. It's actually, it depends on the type of shark. Oh my God. <laughs> six, six, seven, and eight are all correct. Really? Okay. Yeah. Sharks uh, can have up to seven external gill openings, but most species have five. Oh, Only five. Sorry, seven. five, six, and seven there are correct. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks for listening. Catch Wait, you guys. Wait, what about trivia? <laughs> in the next one. I'm in a time loop. I got to get out of here. Do the time loop again. Waveform was produced by Adam Alina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro and outro music is from Vane Sill. Thanks to Visible for supporting this episode. Visible offers a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data on Verizon's network for 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. But Visible isn't for everyone. For starters, you manage your plan, chat to customer service, and update your eSIM all in their app, and they don't bundle their plans with extras that cost you extra money. So if you want more than 5G, a hotspot, and unlimited data from your wireless plan, and you're willing to stand in line or sit on hold to pay top dollar 
you won't want to go to Visible.com to learn more. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.